Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 311. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. Um, we sound good here? Sound good on my end. Andy. All right. I don't want to make a mistake again. Yeah, and Tony Katz. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. We had an air, uh, I think last week, made it kind of sound like a conference call. Uh, that's part of the charm, you know? Was it? I think that was, was two weeks it ago. It was two weeks ago. Okay. Well, Andy, this- doesn't, Andy doesn't forget. Can you hear me better here? here definitely the first okay then that's good yeah that's good thank you for tuning in hit that subscribe button share with the friend and check out our entertainment podcast right after this got some good stuff to get to today a uh, lot of nba stuff <laughs> yeah yes yes uh the trade deadline happened so um and it happened like right after we recorded um yeah like, it went like 12 hours later bonkers like 12 hours after we recorded, I think last week we only really talked about the Kyrie Irving trade. And then after that, it just became an avalanche after uh, who we talked about. Kevin Durant did get traded to the Phoenix Suns. And uh, it actually boosted, it made their odds go from, I believe, like 18 to 1 or like 20 to 1 all the way down to 4.5 to 1. But the Suns did lose a couple good acquisitions. They lost uh, uh, Cam Johnson. And then Mikael Bridges. And I think that's actually going to be a bigger deal than people think. Those guys yeah. were great off the bench or starters, but they were, it gave them depth. And those are key pieces to lose. And I know you got Kevin Durant coming to the Suns, but the West is still tough. And you got Chris Paul that's aging and uh, gets banged up a lot. And then same with Devin Booker. And then honestly, Durant too gets, has been hurt. So I, I don't know. I still, uh, the Suns and aren't still, uh, the team I would put my money on to win it all. I still think there's a couple teams better than them in the in the West. But uh Yeah, and they, they did give up first round picks in 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029. Uh so that's a long time for now. Chris Paul's not gonna be there definitely for those last few picks. Durant won't be either, uh, most likely. Um but you know, they this is as close as they're gonna get. I mean they, they almost won it a couple um, yeah, on the other side of it, the Nets the Nets are all over the place. Now they've traded both guys and just kind of, you know, it didn't work out. Um, or at least they have something to show for it. But they have a bunch of picks going out, I think, back to Houston still for the Harden trade. So, yeah, the whole thing is kind of a mess there. But, um, yeah, after that trade uh, happened, we did get some uh, some other ones. Um yeah, I'm trying to think. When did the when did the trade deadline was like two days later? I'm trying to do the timeline here. The trade deadline was Thursday, <laughs> right? So it wasn't it wasn't twelve hours later. Thursday is what went berserk. I think yeah. the because the Lakers the next trade here was Wednesday night. Yeah, the La- well concerned. the Lakers did their trade on Wednesday. Yeah, they did the trade like Wednesday afternoon, like late afternoon. Like I think it was around like four o'clock or something like that. Three o'clock, I saw it break or whatever, and then there was probably a couple other trades in here that happened during that time. But then the big one was. Uh, the next big one was Wednesday night when Durant at like like ten thirty Pacific or ten o'clock Pacific. It was pretty late. It was definitely after nine, and uh, then it led to uh, everything else uh, that trickled down on Thursday. Which uh, yeah, well, let's talk about the Lakers lot, yeah. trade first. That's probably the next biggest one. Yeah, that was probably um, the third biggest trade yeah. I'd say of all the trades, especially 
considering it's the Lakers and they have LeBron and, you know, LeBron did, uh, he did get the record. Uh, that happened after we recorded as well. But, and I said, oh, I don't think he's going to do it. And he did do it. So, um, but the Lakers acquired D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Um, so that's three players that'll be in the rotation. I think Russell is the one they really wanted uh, to be the new point guard of the team because uh, what they gave up was Russell Westbrook, which is probably addition by subscri- subtraction. Oh, yeah. Um, and a 27, 2027 first round pick to the Jazz. And that's what they were. Very reluctant to give up because the Lakers don't know what their team's going to be like then. That could be a really good pick. Um, it is top four protected, um, but I don't know. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, though, has some similar, I'd say, traits to, to Westbrook in that is he truly an addition? Definitely a better shooter, though. He's a, he's a better shooter, but he has a kind of same kind of reputation of like, well, he's the guy who wants the ball and probably thinks he's better than he is, has a bad attitude. Um but I think the Lakers were just desperate to, to move on and from the, Westbrook. And the Lakers are the team that drafted D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell yep. did play a couple of years for the Lakers way before he was uh, uh, as good as he is now. Like that was, I think he definitely matured a lot when he left and became a key role for uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. And who else did he play? The Nets? Brooklyn, right? The Nets and Golden Brooklyn. State for a half season, too. Yeah, that's right. Brooklyn is where he, he really started to yeah, become. Yeah, he turned uh, his career around, made an all-star around. team, and then he was traded for Durant. Um, if you remember that way back when. Yeah, vaguely, um, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Conley uh, goes from Utah to Minnesota, replacing Russell there. I think it's good for them. They kind of wanted leadership. Uh, that wasn't working with that team. I heard Russell was like shit-talking Rudy Gobert like in games and shit. And I was like, that's not good. He's your point guard. You can't be doing that too. The team's like highest paid player. Especially there. when Rudy Gobert is already a sensitive guy. Yeah, we don't <laughs> He's know. He's a very sensitive Frenchman. Um, so that's probably... Also, maybe an addition by subtraction there. Um, and it's funny how that team has kind of changed and that they, the reason they went and got Russell was because Towns loved him. He's like, oh, this is my guy I want to play with. Now the team is like, well, Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert are two guys. And, you know, Russell's gone and Towns barely plays. He's always hurt. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's an important trade. Um, I think it's a signal also that Utah is kind of doesn't want to compete this year. Uh, we, we thought that heading into the season. They already hit their over-under, but they're like, I think they're still in the 10 seed, but they really don't care to, to make a run here. They're trading um, Beasley and Vanderbilt, who are part of the rotation, um, and they're not going to keep Westbrook. Uh, I don't think it's been official yet that he's been cut or bought out or anything, but I don't think he's staying there. Um, and that's a big story where he's going to go next, um, which is he might just stay in town. Uh, Paul George really wants the Clippers to, to sign Westbrook, who's available. They played together in OKC. Paul George's best year came playing next to Russell Westbrook. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't think he'd be like completely like sinking the team, and the team isn't doing all that great right now. Um, but I've I've not been a Westbrook fan for a while. Like, I've been down on him even when he was winning MVP. It was like this guy's he's too he's too yeah, uh, he's, not, he's too out of control. He plays yeah. like he's got ADD. Yeah, I mean, I always remember the NBA Finals game where he just made like a terrible play to lose against the Heat. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, I just not a fan. And, you know, the, the triple doubles are kind of a mirage. They're, they're, he's hunting rebounds. He has the ball the entire time, getting easy assists. It's not really like he's done. And he shoots a lot. He shoots a yeah. lot. Um, and you he's can see not there's shy a, to shoot. If you ever look at his, his um, like, production stats, like the ones they keep, like wins and stuff, total wins produced – it's a like straight decline since the MVP year, um, like a little bit worse every year to the point where he's basically <clears throat> not even a rotation player anymore because he just can't 
shoot efficiently at all um, and then requires the ball a lot, turns the ball over. So, um, But that might be an upgrade over what the Clippers have right now because the Clippers made a whole bunch of moves and maybe could use some point guard help. Um, but yeah, that none, none of that has happened yet. So we'll probably have to report on that next week. Um, now we got some of the, the, the smaller trades here. There's some ones that are interesting here, though. Um, but I'll start here with uh, Jakob Pertl. He's going back home. Uh, he was uh, drafted by the Raptors, part of the Kawhi deal way back when. Um, the Raptors are, are picking him back up, which is a surprise because a lot of people thought the Raptors were going to actually sell at the deadline. Uh, that they were, they had uh, Ananobi was uh, available, um, Fred VanVleet was available. But in the end, they actually picked someone up and traded a twenty twenty four first rounder for like a, a, a solid starting center, not not an all star, but you know, a, a nice player. Um, and no surprise that the the Spurs would be selling here at the deadline. Um, and we we got a lot of like crazy like the, the deals ended up being like four team deals that like they were first reported like it's just one for ones and then. Um, they get crazy. So this next one is actually a four-team deal. Um, I'm very excited about it. Bones Highland of the Denver, Denver Nuggets coming to the Clippers. So he had fallen out of favor with the team, and now that he's traded, there's all kinds of stories. Him and Jamal Murray hated each other. Um, there was one one incident where where Bones Highland uh, did something the team didn't like, and they made him fly coach <laughs> on the road trip, um, which is like it sounds like okay, he's still a millionaire and everything, but, like, I've never heard of that. That seems kind of crazy. But, like, you're not allowed on the team plane for this road trip. You're going to have to fly. <laughs> um, and so he's he's thrilled to be off the team. He demanded a trade, like, quietly, like, a month ago. Um, but he provides, like, bench scoring, ball handling, you know. I'm, it's I'm it's kind of funny it. when you like, when trades do happen that you, as, like, a fan, maybe don't understand because you see Bones on the court and you're like, wow, he's a good player. He's doing well. I can't believe the Nuggets got rid of him. But then it's like, you don't, I think a lot of people forget sometimes that it's like, these guys are humans. And it's like, just because you're on a team with, you know, 10, 12 other guys doesn't mean you all get along. You might get along on the court because you have to, you have no, you know, you've got to win. But outside of the court, it's like when, and you know, in the closed practices inside the locker room, when the cameras aren't there, it's like, there's a lot of shit that goes on. And it's like you, so, I mean, it's kind of funny that you'll always hear those stories or some stories come out after, uh, player gets traded or something you find out like oh wow he didn't get along with so-and-so or you know like yeah he had a fly coach or you know he punched somebody at practice you know what i mean it's like all sorts of yeah interesting and, stuff. and we, we've got those stories uh with d'angelo russell and with russell westbrook that have come out after the trades that just that's what happens it's like oh you, you didn't know all this stuff um but yeah also part of that trade four team trade uh, thomas bryan the lakers going back to denver so Bryant had asked for a trade because after Anthony Davis returned, Bryant wasn't getting as, mi- any, as many minutes. And uh, he had, he was performing really well for the team, but the Lakers decided, like, he's not – we don't really think he's that much better than Wendy and Gabriel. Um, so we're happy to uh, – And they got Vanderbilt him. too, which is um, – Yeah. I mean, there's, there's – yeah, they have, they, have, they have depth here, and they've got, they got someone else we'll get to later, but I'm going to stick on Bryant. Yeah. Um, mm. Iconic moment, I would say, for Thomas Bryant – when LeBron scored his uh, the the points to, to put him over the top there, um, and everyone was waiting for it, and I think it was the end of the quarter situation. Thomas Bryant was begging for the ball. He, he had he had sealed off his man. He's in the post. He's like, "Give me the ball!" And it's like everyone in the whole building is like, "What are you fucking doing? You're not getting the ball." LeBron is going up with this shit. So it's it's in the like image of LeBron releasing the ball and Bryant down there like <laughs> calling for it, and it's just like that was his last moment as a LA Laker. <laughs> 
Um, and I wonder if that's part of it. It's like, no, you, what are you doing? Um, but the Lakers did uh, get a quick replacement here. Mo Bamba mm. of the Orlando Magic. and Comes the, in suspended for that fight with Austin Rivers. All right, all right. Mo Bamba wanted yeah. some smoke against Austin Rivers, which I'm sure there's a handful of guys that could line up in the league that want their sh- their shot at Austin Rivers. <laughs> Coach's yeah, so. son. I mean, just anywhere he goes, he's he likes to cause a little bit of a scene sometimes. So that's uh Who was it that really didn't like Austin Rivers? Somebody I thought really like called him the coach's son or something like that. Um there was stuff about how the Clippers didn't like him. Chris Paul didn't like him and stuff like yeah. that when when he came out of the team, but I don't know. I think he was he was cool with it's a lot of It's probably tough. It's tough being the coach's son, oh, I think. Yeah. Cuz there does come with that confidence. Well, because especially like, his career was going to like fall apart before that. So everyone was like the only reason he's on this team is to save his career. And kind of felt bad, but he he helped the team, you know. It's a good good moments that I remember. Um, but yeah, Mo Bamba's been a bust, top five pick, I think. Hasn't done anything, and I don't know if even where he's going to be on the depth chart here. But um, yeah, I'm a little bit of a flyer, so if he can produce anything. I um, mean, all the Lakers have to do is give away Patrick Beverly. Huge mistake in my mind. Ah, I agree, dude. I didn't want um, Beverly to go. But uh, Beverly went to the Magic, and he is going to be cut if he hasn't been cut already. Uh, I think the rumor is is he'll head back to Minnesota. Where he played last year, really enjoyed playing there, and um, they they need another guard. Uh, Mike Conley is old, and you're, you might be replacing Russell there, but he's not going to play as many minutes, so bringing another point guard there. Um, but yeah, there's some other... I mean, I, I think Denver was one scenario, but he's not going to Denver now, because mm-hmm. we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, I think he's still out there. Um, then the next big trade, and a big, but I mean like multiple teams here... Uh, James Wiseman finally leaving Golden State, going to going to Detroit. Um, and I feel bad for this guy. Like Penny Hardaway should have never bought him a house. Just kind of fucked up his entire life. It seems like um, he was the the number one prospect coming into high school during that weird COVID year. I think it was, um, but he only played three games that season before being uh, suspended for the rest of the year. Um, but he was such a great prospect, and he performed pretty well in those games that. He was still the number two pick in that draft. Uh, the pick right before LaMelo Ball. Um, the Warriors have to be kick- kicking themselves for that one. Um, Wiseman never fit with the team. He missed all of last year with an injury. And uh, now he's he's going to have a new opportunity somewhere else, which um, is interesting because the Pistons did that last year with um, Bagley, similar situation, where it's like, yeah, we'll pick up a former top pick and see if he can do anything. Um, but the Warriors are getting back. Uh, Gary Payton the second. Um, which they let him go last year. He was part of the championship team. They let him sign a big deal with, with Portland. Didn't work out there in Portland. He was hurt, um, and that's kind of been a, a controversial part of this trade is that <clears throat> uh, Portland didn't disclose how hurt he was. So it doesn't look like he's going to play this year for the Warriors. Um, yeah, so I the saw Warriors had the, the ability like to cancel the trade, but they said, no, we're still going to go through with it because we can't bring James Wiseman back now after we already traded him. That's going to be a bad look. Um, and we could we we'd like to have Gary Payton back for next year. Um, also, part of that trade, uh, Detroit sent Sadiq Bay to the Hawks, so he, he's a decent scorer. He should contribute to that team. I think in some he, way. he fits well with the Atlanta. Like, yeah. he can get open, shoot some threes, get some scoring off the bench. Gives Atlanta a little bit of depth. I'm sure they're trying to make a a yeah. run to be like you know six seven seed or something like that. So what's been unsaid in a lot of these trades is it's a lot of second rounders moving around. So I think Detroit just got back some second rounders. I don't know. 
right, we know. I mean, I guess they got they got Wiseman back. I think Portland must have got back some second rounders. It's it's hard to keep track of all this stuff. I think they did some other moves, so I can't even tell you where everything went. Uh, but here's a trade that did have. I do know where some second round picks went to. Um, the Pelicans picked up Josh Richardson from the Spurs. They traded Devonte Graham and four second round picks, four out of the Spurs. So Devonte Graham had a really good year with uh, Charlotte one year, and the Pelicans gave him a nice little deal. And ever since then, he's been terrible. And it's just funny how that works out sometimes. So uh, they want to make a run here. So they're just getting. I think it's a slight upgrade. Josh Richardson's not great. He's bounced around like nine teams in the last five years, it seems like. Um, but I think for them, they think it's a, a little bit of an upgrade. Uh, next up, we got uh, a happy and sad one for me. <laughs> Another Clippers deal here. Uh, the Clippers picked up Eric Gordon, who has not been on the team in 12 years, uh, but started his career at the Clippers. So it's kind of crazy to come all the way back. Um, Gordon probably at the end of his career, I think he's 34 or 35 years old. Um, and most people don't play too much longer after that. You know, we got your LeBrons and stuff, but uh, Eric Gordon's no LeBron. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that he never became a LeBron type player, but <laughs> he's just not. Um, and in that trade, uh, the Clippers traded John Wall, which was out of the rotation completely, um, will probably be bought out. Um, John Wall went back to Houston, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, and Luke Kennard, which I'm sad about. Uh, yeah, but Luke Kennard was solid. But Luke Kennard's fell out of the rotation. He goes to a too. good team. Yeah, he fell out of the rotation here with the Clippers. I don't know. Ty Lue didn't like him. But then after he's traded, he said, no, I love I love Luke. It's like, I don't know. Luke Kennard's a bad defender. He's white and scrawny. Um, I mean, it's just I it's part of it. I think it's part of it. But Eric Gordon, who was a good defender, is 35 years old and is not the same guy. Um, it's also part of that deal. Danny Green, who hadn't played a minute for the Grizzlies, recovered from ACL injury. Also part of that trade, going to Houston. They'll probably just cut him. Um, and I believe the Clippers get like three second rounders uh, from that deal as well because uh, Kennard had a little bit of value. Uh, Kennard did play already for the Grizzlies. You know, I think he made made some shots. Um, but no, I think it, make it, it makes the Clippers a little better, I think, just getting rid of John Wall and just saying, okay, we're going to get someone who we think will actually play uh, with Eric Gordon. Um, but yeah, I wish it worked out with uh, Luke Kennard, but it did not. Um yeah, and then we got Josh Hart to the Knicks. So Hart's been around the league a lot already. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, going from Portland here, um, one of the, the big pieces they got from uh, New Orleans from the McCollum trade. Um, and the Knicks are sending Cam Reddish, who also has bounced around, probably worth his player at this point, um, but also a first-round pick from this next draft. So uh, Portland will get, like, I don't know, the 20th pick or something. That's not too bad. Um, and Josh Hart is a nice player. Like, he, I think he's a... A player that New York will love. Uh, I feel like Tommy would probably really enjoy it. Maybe, maybe doesn't like the Villanova part of it, but I think New York will appreciate Josh Hart. He rebounds a ton. He's a little guy, but he can score. Uh, he drives yeah. in well. Yeah, he's he's a nice player to what they're trying to build, which is I guess a six seed. I don't know, but uh, he's something. You know, he's, that's why he's getting. A, they're getting a first round pick for him. Uh, <clears throat> then the last trade we got here, another Clippers move. Another one that uh, makes me a little sad, but I understand what they're doing. Um, Miles Plumley or Mason Plumley? I can't remember which one. I think it's uh, Mason Plumley. He's going to the Clippers from Charlotte uh, for Reggie Jackson. So Reggie, I didn't know they actually. I didn't know they lost Reggie Jackson. Yeah, Reggie's had a a weird year. Just can't can't shoot as well as he he did. But um, he meant so much to the Clippers. 
the last couple of years, just kind of, you know, being there, being consistent, making big shots and, and being a friend to everyone. Uh, but I think they want to make the team better. The Clippers needed a backup center. Zubac is not like a 30 minute a game guy. He's more like a 26. So you needed a, a better backup center there. Um, yeah. And the, the Hornets were happy to just be like, yeah, we'll just get rid of a guy. And then they, they, Immediately bought out Reggie Jackson, who uh, signed with the Nuggets. So he'll, he'll replace be, he'll Bones Highland in, in, yeah. in a bit. He'll, he'll, be, he'll get some open shots. But, yeah, that's the problem this year is Reggie's just not shooting it from three well. So, you know, that's what you need to do if you're in that position. So, yeah, change the scenery might might mean something. But, yeah, it's sad because, you know, his, his post-game press conference, I, I can't remember if it was after the season or after just a, a series win, where he, he was crying, just saying, like, you know, the Clippers giving me a call after, like, my I thought my career was over. Like, that saved my life. Like, I didn't – I think I was done playing basketball. And, like, he was so happy to be part of the team. And it was just like, oh, it's sad. But I, I think this is kind of what you have to deal with NBA teams. Just, you got to reset every couple years and just move out the supporting cast. You keep the core there, but, like, you just kind of get sick of each other, I think. I think it's kind of like roommates in that way. Where it's like you might have a good team going, but I mean, even even look at the Warriors. I think for one, they're all sick of Draymond, but they've they've subbed out that that you know supporting cast over and over and over. You don't keep all those people forever. Um, so I think it's the Clippers did a big reset. The Lakers have done that reset as well multiple times. It hasn't really worked, but um, you see, with the, the Clippers made a lot of moves. So um, you know, get, they're bringing in new people, and they sent out a lot of people from the old team and um, I'm hoping it works. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely see. I mean, I think it'll definitely help them out. I don't think it'll be a, uh, uh, you know, disadvantage for them, but uh, is that a, we got anything? I guess the one thing we could also note still in the NBA that we don't really have written down here on our notes is that we briefly touched it. But uh, last Tuesday when we were talking on the podcast, it was, the night we were talking about it, that LeBron James was playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he was 36 points away from breaking the record. And LeBron James did end up doing it that evening. And it was one of those things where once I saw Kareem was in the building, I was like, it's going to happen tonight. And I was listening to something that was laughing, saying how it had to happen that night because Kareem wasn't going to come back on Thursday. But uh, you had like some celebrities there in the house, and uh, LeBron James did it in uh, – with like we said at the very with about 10 seconds to go in the third and the funniest part was is that it was an immediate no timeout was called like no team called timeout it was an immediate stoppage of play it seems like the way they reacted it seems like the the both teams and the refs included everybody knew the protocol in that situation was the moment he breaks the record it is going to be a dead ball stoppage and that's what it was and then it was a uh, about a probably 10 to 15 minute stoppage of celebration and then it was just kind of funny because then the ball got inbounded and it was 10 seconds and then boom the end of the third quarter so then another yeah. you know three to five minutes off the clock so it was yeah but the lakers were losing but they yeah, were it they was close and still they, lost yeah, i mean they, the oklahoma know. city got to get credit where credit's due they played the night before against golden state got their asses kicked and then they went out in la in a big night and they won and you can just tell i mean i know this is where some people have an issue with lebron like Fourth quarter with like a few minutes left. He wasn't even in the game. And I get it. He was probably tired. He went for that record. But it's like that record meant well, – I don't care what he says. That that record meant more to him than his team winning, which yeah. is fine, I guess, in that situation possibly. I mean, 
But I, I just think a lot of people have always said, and I tend to agree, is LeBron has always been kind of me, me, me. He is the self, as my stepdad always calls him, the, the self-proclaimed king. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he gave himself the crown of being King James. Nobody else ever did. I did like ESPN was rerunning that old commercial. Oh, um, the Nike one? No, the Sports oh. Center one where it's Scott Van Pelt sitting in like the king's chair. And oh. LeBron like goes up and is like, hey, do you take my chair? <laughs> He's oh, like, yeah. oh, no, no, this is mine. Um, but that was like, he was like this first or second year. ESPN used to have some great commercials. There was, yeah. I liked, I always liked the one too, where the elevator opens up and it's the New Jersey devil's mascot, which is a devil. And he looks at him, he's like, you're going up. And he just looks at him and just shakes his head. No, because he's the devil. So he's going down. And uh, that one always cracked me up. And there was, there was a ton of good ones on there. But do you remember the best part of LeBron breaking the record? Thomas Bryant wanted the ball down low. Uh, LeBron said the F word on live oh, TV. Yeah. It's pretty great. He was just kind Very of rambling good. and he's just like, fuck man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what I like about that is that's a, that's a human being being lost yeah. in a, in a, in a special moment. He, yeah. he started talking like he was reminiscing with his boys in the backyard or something like that, smoking a cigar, drinking some scotch. It's like, he did forget that at that moment, but also isn't especially TNT, a big network. Aren't they like usually on a delay? Can't they usually cut that stuff? But like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I was talking with Sean about it. They actually, they're TNT, so they're not like, um, they can't get fined. There's no FC, FCC doesn't have jurisdiction over cable networks. So mm. TNT can air as many fucks as they want. They just choose not to because advertisers wouldn't like it. But yeah, Break I don't that think that down, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's very um, interesting. But that does remind me of a different post game interview moment. Did you see this one with Cam Thomas? Oh, I did. I did. So, so Cam Thomas um, yeah, wait, had the, the three straight 40 points. Dobby, Dobby, have you heard of this one yet? I don't think so. Oh, you'll you'll okay. enjoy this, Dobby. So he had the three straight 40-point games, but then he didn't have such a great game the next game, but they still won, I believe. And it was the first game with Spencer Dinwiddie, and they had uh, him and Dinwiddie in the in the post-game conference, and they were saying something about, like, oh, something that, it must but, be nice to see him or something. It was something about, he like, said he looks good. good-looking guys. Like, yeah. I think they said they needed to get another good-looking guy because you were the only – like, something about, like, you were the best-looking guy on the team, and then Cam Thomas is laughing and then goes, no, he's like – no, he's like, I'm not the best looking. He's like, and he said something like, Dinwiddie's a good looking guy. And then he said, no homo afterwards, which you can't say anymore, Sean. And it was funny because as he said it, he's just talking normal. Dinwiddie's eyes get all big. Like he's laughing, but he's just like, oh shit, boy, you shouldn't have said that. And then of course the little TNT dude is like, oh, I'm sure the networks are going to like that one or whatever he had to say. And it's like, eh, oh boy. Off. And then oh. sure enough, he did get fined. He got fined 40,000, Sean. Yeah, and he probably doesn't make that much. Probably makes no that forty thousand to him is actually probably a pretty significant yeah. hit. Make Draymond pay for it. <laughs> Be fair. Uh, well, I mean, what's funny about that is like that's actually not like a homophobic thing. That's just something people have said as a joke and hey, for a what, while. What does it matter if you don't um, want to come off <laughs> yeah. as being a homo? I mean, it's like, well, you're not supposed to say homo, but but it's like it's well, it's always just, it's been a thing, a joke for a while, and it's not meant to be uh, derogatory anyway, but like, yeah, you just well, you can't, you can't. So this say it, actually sorry. reminds me of a funny story I had back when I was in Scottsdale in uh, September of 2020. So almost three years ago, we were out there for, uh, I think it was actually celebrating me, producer Luke, and then our other buddy, Mike's 30th birthdays. All three of us are within, uh, are born within like 12 days of one another. So we were out there in, at the end of September in Scottsdale. And this was during still like kind of COVID stuff. Like it was when things the were opening. Netflix. No, yeah, that was 
But I mean, like things were opened back up, and then also, I guess, we went to Arizona for a reason. No, so you're right. And the thing is, though, is it's like, is we actually went to Scottsdale, but the bars in Scottsdale were closed. But we had so we had to go to Tempe, and the bars there were open, but uh, you had to uh, you had to sit down the whole time. Like the only time you were able to get up, I think, was to go use the bathroom. And so anyway, um, we're uh, we're out there. We're in line to this one bar. And there's this, this guy comes walking up or he's like, he was either walking out or walking up, but we're in like the front of the line. And he was wearing this bright, like neon exorcist shirt. So on his shirt was a picture of like the exorcist girl. And it said like the exorcist on it. And obviously me being a fan of scary stuff and me having my own share of uh, scary uh, t-shirts, I enjoyed it. So I looked at the guy, I'm like, Hey man, I was like, I like your shirt. He happened to be, I didn't know this at the time, but after he opened his mouth, he happened to be gay and he just goes oh thank you and then my quick instinct was i was just like just the shirt <laughs> like because I, and i was like giving him a comment i was like just the shirt and the security guard lost his mind because it was funny because i gave this guy a compliment and he got all like aroused by it and then i wanted to make sure he knew nobody i just like the shirt <laughs> and it was you know i didn't you know i didn't say no homo or anything like if you, if you did we'd have to find you yeah but all I did say was, uh, you know, nice, nice shirt, but a pretty funny moment. At least I thought it was, but yeah. Very good. Yeah. Just to be clear. Yes. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about some college sports? Yeah. Quick thing here. Uh, Purdue, the number one team lost again. So second consecutive week with a loss. And this time they didn't get to hold on to number one. Yeah. So they, they also to three. Just to note, this is Purdue's third loss. Oh my goodness. Having some issues here, but this is Purdue's third loss this season. All three losses as the number one seed, which I can't remember the last time I've ever really seen that. Like that's, and it's just been a funny year to this year in college basketball where Purdue was number one. They lost to Rutgers a month or so ago. They get the number one seed back. Then they lose to uh, Indiana, but they were favorite. They were underdogs against Indiana and I, other teams had lost around them. So they kept Purdue at number one and then they lose again to Northwestern this time as favorites. Uh, you know, they stormed the court again, you know, that's two lot times now, or at least three times now that Purdue has had the court stormed on them, which, you know, I get it, but it's like, it's, it's, it, it is too much. And it's, it's to the point where these are conference team, teams, teams like- that when they should be storming the court is when a absolute nobody team as 20, 25 point underdogs go and beat a big name team. But if you're a conference team winning is at home, don't storm the court. Obviously you're going to be at home, but like if you're going to storm the court, it's but don't tr- storm tr- it. college kids, let them have their fun. And well, and here's the thing I was listening to today is that there's these guys that actually are really big on how they don't like the storming the court because players are vulnerable in that situation. They've just, they're, they've, they're an emotional cause they just lost. And these drunk, like you just said, college kids run out there and it's, these guys don't have time to get off the court in time. And a lot of time, you know, you'll see somebody push somebody or spit or at least say something. So it's like, that's why those kids really do get escorted off the court quickly because they don't want to. Well, didn't that issue. happen in a football game this year where a player punched a guy or, or I think a so. fan punched a player or something? It was something like that. And it, it yeah. definitely happens. I mean, they're definitely saying stuff. They're, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's. I agree. Like, let them have their fun, but it's got to be when it's a major, major upset. It's it's not going to be because you were three point underdogs at home against the a three loss number one team. You know, it's like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So uh, Alabama's a new number one. Yeah, and this is not football either. Yeah, that'll be interesting if they have a better season than the football team this year. Alabama. Yeah. 
you know what? It's going quick. You know, <laughs> making fun of my typing. No, it's funny because Andy, a lot of Andy, the best one though you had up there for the typing was the Raptors one. Yeah. That was uh, very unique. This one? Rap toes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh alrighty. So down to the big the, game, huh? The Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah we are. This a, a bittersweet now because you know we've talked a lot of football, obviously, from September till now, and uh, this will probably be it for a bit. Yeah, I don't think we're covering the USFL or the XFL. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, but we did we did pick this game, and we we both won. Yeah. I don't know how good you feel about that win, but I feel um, good about okay. it. Okay, yeah, it is what it is. Thirty eight thirty five final Chiefs win overcome a ten point halftime deficit. Uh, I think for the most part, a fun game. Um, well, I mean, what, what do you want to take away from this game? Like Mahomes won, won the MVP. Do you want to review our, our little overs we talked about? I don't think we did very well, but, um, yeah. So, uh, MVP, I said, Travis Kelsey, you yeah. said Devonte Smith, which Devonte Smith had a good game. He, he had a outside chance. He blew a touchdown. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, he, he, stepped out of bounds. he stepped out of bounds. Um, but that wouldn't have been enough. Uh, but he would have probably needed another big play. I think yeah. he had a, a catch overturned. It, it wouldn't have been enough because, I mean, Jalen Hurts had three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown, 300 yards yeah, passing. He would have had two enough. and two if, if Smith had that touchdown. But, um, yeah, we didn't want to pick the quarterbacks. We wanted to go with someone else. But at the end of the day, I, I said if the Chiefs win, I don't see a scenario where Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. And vice versa win, with the so, Philly one. So. But uh, we just wanted to be a little different. Yeah. First touchdown, I said A.J. Brown. He uh, he did have a touchdown. He did have a touchdown, but, but it wasn't the first. Jalen Hurts had the first. And uh, Andy I was, said Bart Scott, who I don't did play. Did he play? Boston Scott. <laughs> Boston Scott. Who's he Bart almost Scott? did. Oh, yeah. He almost did. So he had, I think it was like first and 12 from the like, or first and goal. No, first and 10 from the 12. And he had like a nine-yard carry. He almost got there. He got to like the three. And then Kenneth Gainwell yeah, he did gets get the it. touchdown. But then, then they reviewed it. They call it back. He I was, I think, 20, 26, 22, 22 to 1, I think I saw. That's got to suck. If you put $1,000 on, on Kenneth Gainwell, like, oh, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. It gets taken from you like that. Uh, Devontae Smith ended up, or not Devontae, whatever his name is, Jalen Hurts ended up getting that first touchdown, um, which was, I think, a much lower odds. <laughs> I yeah, know. I think he was 7 to 1 yeah. or something like that, which is insane for a quarterback because again, it has to be rushing. Yeah, but it wasn't insane. They knew the way the Eagles oh, played. Yeah. No, I know 100%. Um, and then on player overs, yeah, awful. I said Miles Sanders over in rushing. I didn't pick horrible. anything. I didn't like anything. I think this is the story of the game that's kind of been underrated. Um, I got to look at this box score. The Eagles running backs did nothing in this game. Yeah. No. Um, I don't think people expected that. Like they they do run three different guys. But uh, if you look, okay, so that's 17 carries for 45 yards is what the Eagles running backs produced. So Hertz had 15 carries for 70 yards. Um, you look here, just just Pacheco himself had 15 carries for 76 yards on a touchdown. Um, that was a big difference is the, the Chiefs could run the ball with the running backs, get nice yardage. Eagles, nothing. Like, I, I don't know what happened there, like, that was supposed to be that they have this great offensive line. The Chiefs aren't the greatest uh, run-stopping team. I think people thought they'd be able to get some chunks out of it. They got nothing. Um, Pacheco continued to do well, like I thought he would. Yeah, and McKinnon added 34 yards on four carries as well. But I mean, one of them was like they they wanted him to get one more yard in the game there. No, I think he was smart there though. He went down. Well, I mean, the Eagles were not going to tackle. Well, I know they, they they gave a, they gave they were going to let him go. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big part of that game. Is that's why the, the Chiefs' offense ended up being super efficient. Was that 
it wasn't all on Mahomes. Sure, he was the MVP and he was great again, but uh, that really helped. And and it is funny how I think things work out where they uh, spent a first round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he didn't even play in the game. He was uh, he was benched, or I guess just not active. Um, and this guy, I think, it was a sixth rounder. Um, he's been huge for their team. So I don't know. Running back is a weird thing. I don't know how. I don't think teams should ever spend first round picks on it anymore because you could just get guys. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is Isaiah Pacheco better than um, Najee Harris? Your your guy? Like I don't. Who knows? It's probably not that much of a difference. Whereas the Steelers used a first rounder on their running back. Not well. That's why they also say like it's not worth taking a running back in the first round because there is all these. You know, running backs are you know they're replaceable. Yeah. Um, I mean, what else was a, a big story of the game? I think. I think it's frustrating to me the way things break for the Chiefs. That This is the things broke for the Patriots. That's why they're so great. Uh, Chiefs have a great offense. Did they really need a defensive touchdown and basically a special teams touchdown? Like, they, they didn't. They could have. But you know what's funny, though? That's, the ball. that's why you get a guy like Tony, though. Yeah. He, was, he, would, he had that great punt return that led to the go-ahead or the touchdown to get them up by eight, which, I mean, again, I mean, the game did get matched after that. Eagles did come down, but then. And then obviously there's a big holding call at the end, which some people hated, but you know, the defender for the Eagles came out and said, I held him. I was just hoping they would, wouldn't call it. And you know, they yeah. did. Did he need to hold him? I don't think so. I don't think Juju was going to get that ball, but you know, the, which it, means then the Eagles would have probably got, I mean, the chiefs would have gone up by three Eagles would have had about a minute, what a minute 40 30, or something 40, like that. Yeah. And who knows what would have happened. And the one thing I do want to note is at the very end of the game, when the Eagles got the ball back with six seconds, Jalen Hurts went to throw a Hail Mary, and as you saw it, it landed about 30 yards short, and that right there just showed you that his arm, it was still his shoulder, was still hurting. He was not able to throw the like the big, big deep ball there. You know, he wasn't even able, because I mean, he was only like 60, 65 yards out. I mean, he should have been able to get that ball into the end zone. I wouldn't say the end zone, but like a lot closer. close, a lot closer than like he, the 25. They said he slipped as well, because the turf was so bad. I've heard, I heard things about that, that turf, yeah. Um, I don't know why they were even trying. Just you just do a lateral play, I would think. But um, well, there was also yeah. the people that could have thought like, "Hey, with six seconds, you could throw a quick out out route and maybe get you know ten yards and get out of bounds and leave a second or two. I mean, that was definitely could have been a possibility. But I don't know. I don't know if they talked about that and if that was the play or if I don't. Jalen Hurts decided himself. But nonetheless, season's over. Another Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. Their third time getting there in the last five years. Two Super Bowls now, so I've already heard people start with the chatter of will Mahomes end his career with more Super Bowls than Brady, and I I think not because I think the I think the AFC is getting is starting to get too good. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a team to reckon with over the next few years. I think a lot of people are high on the Jaguars. Chargers have a good young quarterback as well. Uh, there's a lot to, a lot can still happen in the in the AFC. It's going to be tough for yeah. Mahomes to keep getting well, there. I when they were talking about it in the pregame, it was like, I hope not, and I think the NFL better hope not. <laughs> but maybe I think they, they think in in sports it's it's great when there's like a dominant player that people can root for that yeah. they can do these conversations with. But that's going to be boring if he if he wins four five more times in the next twelve years or something. That sucks. Yeah, you want to see more teams win. Um, I don't want to see him over and over and over because uh, we just lived that with Tom Brady, and it's just not that sucks. Like. I mean, I know it sucked for you, I'm sure. It sucked for me. I don't want to see it again. Um, it, I don't know. It makes makes the sport boring. And we haven't really had that 
you could say the Warriors have had a good run, but I think the Warriors are are over. And as I say that now, that probably confirms that they're going to win again. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to see the Chiefs win like five Super Bowls over the rest of his career or something. That's just it's not fair. To the rest of the teams, you know, let them win. Let them. Win. That's true. No, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, do you have anything else to note on the NFL game? Uh, well, I did pull up the next year, next year's odds. Okay, and there's an interesting look. team in the next year's odds. I don't know, did you see the team that I think I saw was like the seventh ring? So this is a uh, this is different than I saw already, but I'll just go with this one because. Uh, well, this is actually a credible website, covers.com. Yeah, I saw a different one, but yeah, these odds can change even in one day. Oh so. yeah. Um, Chiefs are still the favorites. So the, the 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 first five are teams that were you know what we kind of expect to be the first five. Yeah, the first five seem to be a tier on their own, and I think everyone has these first five and just maybe a different order. And I think only, I saw the Niners in one place being the actual the, the favorite. Yeah, they're only um, – and all five of these teams are the only five teams that are under 10 to 1 odds. Yeah. So you have the Chiefs plus 600, Bills plus 7, uh, Niners plus 800. But Eagles also, we don't know who 900. the Niners quarterback is going to be yet. Yeah, but their team is just so good. Yeah, no, exactly. Matter. But I'm saying those odds can go up and down, so yeah. you never know. So Eagles and Bengals um, plus 900. So I think I think that makes sense that the Eagles you'd think could be just as good, but maybe they lose a couple players and a little bit worse, and who knows? Uh, the Bills people still believe in, you know. I think people were down. Some media people were down on them. Mm. Vegas is saying no, this is still a really talented team. Um, so yeah, that's that top five, and then we move into Dallas is sixth, and that's partially because they had a really good season. I think partially just because they're Dallas. Um, yeah, that's that's out of place. We haven't, we haven't got there yet. But next up, seventh is is my Chargers. I like that plus twenty two hundred. Yeah, I it's good value. It's it's nice. I mean, I, I I am optimistic with the Kellen Moore hire. I'm always optimistic. I always get really down, and then I get optimistic, and then <laughs> my hopes are destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you got the Ravens plus twenty two hundred. Lamar Jackson's a big factor there. And I think they said that he's gonna he's gonna be the um, franchise player, and he'll play another year at least. Um, but yeah, here's where it gets weird. The Jets plus twenty eight hundred. Why? Nine. Why is that? Aaron Rodgers. So, but I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Raiders. But are, are these odds obviously don't think so though. People think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. They hired uh, okay. Hackett, his old coach, who he knows what the Broncos last year. Oh, is he still in that uh, dark room? I heard he never got in the dark room. He hasn't gotten in, in it yet. Okay. So, but when he gets in it, he's in there for four days. Yeah. So we'll never know. Which is like. Is he trying to top Jesus or something? I don't know. Jesus was in his tomb for three days, and he emerged. Um, Aaron Rodgers is like, I could do one more. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. This guy's crazy. Um, but also tied with the Jets there is Jacksonville. Yeah. Great young quarterback, some talent in other places. Uh, we got, after that, Miami and Detroit. Green Bay, I don't understand that one. I don't understand Denver. People are really into uh, whatever his name is, Sean Payton. Um and the Rams plus 35, that's got to be because no one expects Stafford back. Um, the team's just kind of getting a little worse every year, it seems. Um, yeah. But I don't really care too much about the middle here. I do. I mean, do you want to highlight your team? That's not very good. Yeah. But who is the worst here? Who is? Yeah, that seems about right. Cardinals and Texans at twenty at plus 20,000. Yeah, so the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is probably not coming back for him next year. Not because he's been And they lost their coach. Yeah, he's just going to be injured which is the coach still in uh is their coach still in thailand <laughs> might be there was there was a story about somebody looking to hire him as an offensive coordinator but yeah who knows? also one thing i also want to know while we're talking about odds and gambling is that 
FanDuel, they said at the peak during the Super Bowl yesterday, because they do live betting and stuff, that at the peak, there was a point where there was 50,000 bets being made per minute, which is, I'm telling you, sports betting is a, I think you could flirt with saying it's a trillion dollar industry. It's, it's, it's big. And it's, it, there's so many ads for it during the Super Bowl and everything. And it's just, it's crazy. But still not legal here in California. Yeah. You know, you have to be in certain states to be able to use uh, FanDuel and stuff like that. And the big thing that those sites offer that you don't, that Vegas doesn't offer and that most offshore sites don't offer is the same game parlay, which a lot of people have been enjoying, where you can bet that a player, you could parlay like Travis Kelsey over 77 and a half pass yard, I mean, rush, uh, receiving yards parlayed with Pacheco over 48 and a half rush yards. And it's like, you can't usually do that in places, but FanDuel allows you to do that. And that's, you know, it's smart because it's, those are also kind of like sucker bets. Like these people well, are going to buy into correlated them. bets. You know, this guy does well and the team's probably going to win and that kind of stuff. They're going to turn an over. And, yeah. Well, yeah, that is, that is the future. It seems like, uh, I think people still like watching the games and all that stuff, but yeah, a lot of money. Um, well, our last, our last little our playoff record here. You almost got back to 500, mm. six and seven. Uh, I did finish at eight and four, which Very is good. pretty nice. I had a horrible season just picking games of my own, but you know that's that's not bad. Um, it didn't help me, um, like personally. Um, my team didn't win, so you know, wasn't the most fun playoffs. But you know, I'll take the eight and four. Um, I think that, that closes the book on the season and the episode. All right. Well. Uh, you've been listening to episode 311 of the Tony Stick Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thanks for listening. Tell a friend. See you later. <laughs>